Misfit Athletics Quarterfinals Prep Camp is live now at misfit.camp. You can go get your tickets. Uh, We sold out last year and uh, we sold out a lot faster than we thought we were going to. So make sure that you get there and sign up. Good morning, Misfits. You are tuning into another episode of the Misfit Podcast. Full goon squad in the house. Yo. Uh, we... Shut the fuck up. No. Whoa. Jeez. You. Kids fired up. Just getting started. You're already fucking fired up. We got a lot of really good feedback about Chip Talk. Um, and Hunter would like to know what my favorite breakfast food is, apparently. Yeah, well, we were we were talking about... Actually, you know the, what? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this. I, I got something recent. And it's not... Maybe it's not my favorite breakfast food, but it is a new thing that I've been doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. This vegetables. Is, enlighten me. This is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's fine. Actually, there are vegetables Carrot in this sticks. recipe, but you'll, you'll, what you'll get it. What kind of vegetables? Um, okay, so. <laughs> vegetables in there? I don't, it might be blasphemous, but I have been more into the open face breakfast sandwich recently. So we'll go piece of sourdough toast. Yeah. Cheese on that little yeah. sheep's milk cheese. Get it under the broiler. Get a little color on it. Throw a nice that color. Fried egg on top of the cheese. Oh, yes. Salsa verde, habanero hot sauce, cilantro. And just wait, wait, wait. How do you manage to put down cilantro? Is it like a flake? I can't see you eating like a leaf. On oh, no, I, yeah, I love cilantro. cilantro. That's fine. Yeah. All right. I got no. I didn't know if the leaf cilantro. texture was off putting. Even in the I got cilantro. no beef cilantro. You're not a dish soap guy. That's no, fine. I like it. I can eat herbs. Fuck, I can eat herbs. herbs. You know, you know your your herbs. Your, your basil's and your basil's like really that. good, especially on a pizza. You know, sometimes it does feel like I'm. You just got one slice of sourdough under that bitch. You got another well, see, slice of sourdough for your car. Well, skin? so there's there's four pieces of bread and four eggs. Oh, so you got four sandwiches. Four open face sandwiches, oh, as opposed okay. to two, because I would do two closed. There's something about the ratio currently that's. It is nice. It, that that's. I think technically when it's open face, each slice yeah. of bread counts as a sandwich. Yeah. I think. Because like if you're going to go get an open face turkey sandwich. Is that what it's called? Is it a sandwich? It's an open face sandwich. It's a hot dog a sandwich? Don't start. Egg toast? <laughs> Anyways, there's something about the ratio that's just right. And it's a lot easier to eat. Do you toast eat. the bread? Oh, yeah. See, I think that's I think bread. no. Well, I think that's where people where you go awry because if you have two awry in it, yeah, you get <laughs> two you get two slices of toast like that are crunchy, and then if you got an egg in the middle, that's like that's like you know over easy or like a little bit or you has, it has the soft yolk. The problem is you bite into that bitch, and because it's the gone. bread's <laughs> solid, it just like turns into like a yep. You know, this is true. Down to an inch thick, so and that happens a lot with uh, gluten free nice. bread as well. So you got to be very, you got to be very careful. I'll do the, I'll do the sourdough bread with like, like an avocado spread, and then the like, soft scramble <laughs> loser <eggs>. quinoa too. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Now, now we, now we got to get into it. Now we got to get into it. I, there are people from different parts of the country that think that a breakfast sandwich has fucking scrambled eggs or some omelet bullshit on it. Now, does taste good. When you get that, it's not like, oh, this is bad, but it is not as good. I, I would agree that it's not as good. I think it's a functional. It's like a, thing. Convenience, it's a convenience factor. Well, it's like if you're it's gonna ta- if you're gonna take that thing to go, yeah, you're not worried about yolk all over your pants in the car. I don't care. <laughs> you, you wouldn't fucking care. <laughs> I just like it's people. The ceiling of his truck. People will talk about their the regional. If, if you want to bring up the regional breakfast sandwich debate and really get into what's better from different places, we got to be talking about the best, the best of the best, the ideal situation that we talk about with your training all the time. The yeah. ideal situation for a breakfast sandwich is for a runny yolk. Is a runny yolk? Yeah, I agree. Agree or disagree? For sure. Oh yeah, the yolk has to have some level of runniness. And I'm not really big into the mess, even though I'm a pretty messy person. Um, you basically describe what I make every single Saturday after I get done coaching Sweaty Saturday at the affiliate. I go home and I either go buy one of those or make one of those. I typically like a croissant though, fancy. I was so, gonna say the croissant, croissant is a really a nice game way to for a breakfast sandwich. Leveled up. I can't enter this conversation. I have to withdraw. I, I, I have is, there, is there not a gluten free croissant option like out there that's not like 
Made of wood. Not that I know of. That's good. <laughs> Made of wood. Fucking wood. Also, <laughs> though, how often do they like sweet? Because I don't get into that shit. Oh, it's not sweet at all. They're always like yeah, a butter just like croissant. like a normal butter croissant. All right. Yeah, I get the ones from Trader Joe's or like there's a place near us in Westbrook that has like a breakfast. On my like, I have like one, there's one instance per year where I get a breakfast sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts and it's on a breakfast sandwich or on a croissant. McGriddle? Sandwich on a That's croissant. upsetting. Now, <laughs> you do live one foot from a Dunkin' Donuts, so it probably is God hard in certain... 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> like a like a caramel triple shot macchiato with seven... seven you wouldn't even need to do the training manual. A, you a, would just be able to work there. It's like, oh my, yes. <laughs> I have an alternative Ooh. to the runny yolk breakfast sandwich that brings the goo, but is still pretty delicious yeah we Brains call the them goo. we call them cheesy surprises i've actually made one for you before wow. when i cooked cheesy on the griddle surprise it starts with a Something scramble different. egg base yeah and you lay it on your pan until it starts to cook and then you throw like three or four slices of cheese on top of it and fold it into a pocket give her a flip and then put that on a breakfast sandwich and you bite and the cheese goes nice. the yep. egg the yolk doesn't goo because it's already scrambled but it brings the goo. You throw a little bacon on there. Yep. Well, another another pro tip is you can you put the egg in between two slices of melted cheese. I thought you were going to say it, bread. And, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Wait, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hear, Hear me out. out. <laughs> Hear me out. It's got Hear me bread. out. We got two slices of bread. No, you put two pieces of melted cheese on either side of the egg, and it kind of <laughs> creates, it it creates a little blanket for the yolk, so it kind of doesn't... If I'm going traditional fun. top-bottom... I will go some form of either cream cheese or goat cheese on the bottom and then melted like sliced cheese on the top. Mm-hmm. You get the kind of the tang. Cream cheese get, on a breakfast sandwich is pretty yeah, phenomenal. Cream cheese on a breakfast sandwich. Goat good. cheese is the... Right, so did? original question is favorite breakfast food. Breakfast food. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. I, I might go breakfast taco. I don't want to repeat. The breakfast tacos that we get when we go on the road are some excellent. I very rarely would make one just because like the whole thing. But like if there's a place with breakfast tacos. I almost always get that. We went to a place in Fort Worth that did griddled mashed potatoes with like an absurd amount of smoked paprika in it. I think you guys were both there. I this think was so. the first Fort Worth trip for camp. No, it wasn't for camp. It was a STA. Oh, I was, I was not yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something to behold. They literally have like buttery mashed potatoes and they just put, it's essentially, it, it looked like a replacement for rice at the bottom of a breakfast taco and it had a ton of smoked paprika in it and they griddle it with whatever you choose and then do the egg and everything. Mm. It is something nice. having, served with coffee that having, can boil your skin off your body <laughs> <laughs> having mashed potatoes that's a good a breakfast taco thanksgiving leftover treat too Ooh. you take some mashed potato sometimes you can mix it with egg but you mix it all up and then you fry it like a pancake oh, oh yeah my goodness throw an egg on what's that, the, bitch. that what's the name of that potato dish that you sent me this is not a breakfast food palmzana palmzana yeah yeah it's like thin sliced potato circles laced with butter and garlic and then baked so that the outside is crispy and the inside is soft like mashed potatoes yeah, i've fucked that up a couple yeah, times yeah, but yeah you favorite did. breakfast food no like in, um okay favorite like guilty pleasure breakfast food is no, if it's favorite a favorite breakfast food french toast like it's a good but answer. like good but like good french not toast. bad french yeah, toast. yeah exactly not bad french <laughs> thank toast. you for not clarifying like, not like plebeian french, french toast, toast sticks at like middle school cafe <laughs> no, i made like uh i used to get those all the time got a really good recipe for like cardamom and orange zest on a french toast and it's like oh. 12 out of 10 you don't make you get one of those kind one of those you do brioche thick brioche yeah. slices get a little right. crispy on the outside and also an eggs benedict guy i really like not shitty. Uh, not a shitty yeah, yeah, Benedict. Okay. Yeah, just to clarify, if there was any question. About you ever tried that. making French toast with Captain Crunch? Yes. Yeah, I'm serious. I, I've never. You get good slices of bread, you do the egg wash, and then you crush up Captain Crunch and then dip the bread in that and then fry it. I've never, used, I've never used French toast, but uh, or uh, Captain it. Crunch. Seriously, but I've done try it. The crunchy, like you do it with cornflakes. Cornflakes is a pretty yeah, yeah. common one. Just to I get just like the more sugar in the Captain Crunch. Throw in a bag, rolling pin the bag, and then, yeah, a little. Ted, favorite breakfast food. I do like a good eggs Benedict, but it makes me fart. So I typically don't PBR. go for it first thing in the morning. Seven or eight of them. PBR is close second. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kind Bloody of Mary like, with a bacon straw. 
I'm kind of a classic breakfast guy, like a good hard fry, home fry, some nice crispy bacon and like a hard fried egg. And I'm, I'm good. Yep. But if we're talking like, <laughs> Hey, you're going, you got to get something out of place. A long Island breakfast sandwich is hard to beat on a, They're, on a bagel, on a salt sc- bagel. Scrambled eggs losers, aren't they? They are, but man, uh, you can get it. You can ask for like, you can get a fried eggs egg. or medium yeah. eggs or you gone over to rose foods on forest ave they got new york bagels there like people actually say they taste like a new york bagel because i'll have to try thing. it you i should. have not but it's yeah it's long island breakfast sandwich on a salt bagel <clears throat> bacon no sausage bullshit bacon yeah well this is a, a jewish um bagel shop so they do all kosher stuff so it's all like beef sausage as opposed to like pork sausage i have two I answers sausage. first answer is gluten drew so this is pre this is 2011 1986 to 2011 um my old man would make like traditional english muffin bacon breakfast sandwiches with like american cheese like english muffins are highly underrated yeah we i had two of those before every football game that i ever played in my entire life that's a main staple that was like the the main tradition how many times did you poop at halftime I was always I was always pooping, so I don't so really remember. Job, it's all blurs together. Yeah, yeah. I was like never. I always. George I was like George not pooping. I was like George Costanza. Like I always knew bagel. where the closest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not good though. Like acceptable. There's a either. there's a comedy special where they talk about um, if your significant other isn't disgusted by porta potties, you need to run. And Maya always like turns and looks at me. I didn't have, did, there's a lot of times I did not have a choice. Yeah, so go, I wasn't like George Costanza in that I needed a clean bathroom. I just always knew where the closest one was. And listen, <laughs> there was some ugly, there were some ugly scenarios. It wasn't good. So that's that answer. And then now very close to what you said, sure. But body. I prefer the bigger, um, I don't, I don't know that I could call it a breakfast burrito, but it's like a breakfast taco in a burrito jacket size wise it's probably a little bit closer to a taco somewhere kind of in between the two mm. and you have three roughly if i'm going in yeah, that range if i'm going with Good a answer. breakfast Good version answer. i think i i would much prefer a burrito like on one of those like 12 inch flour tortillas that is just jam-packed with home fries and shit like that they don't make there is no such thing as a gluten-free tortilla of that size that you would dare to put that much time and effort to to have it flop onto your plate like Like, oh cool i have a tortilla with a hole in it and a pile of things on my plate this is great (laughs) i love it i did get a tortilla maker not that long ago or like a little while ago with the uh you get in the puff and fucking that up yeah you get in the puff blue blue corn some blue corn masa and a boy been doing the i've done flour once but the corn in mexico they say that that's when you are ready to find a male to marry when the woman can puff her congratulations on tortillas yeah so you can go find a man it's not yeah it's not it's not (laughs) as consistent as i would like it to be exactly i'll uh I'll keep perusing. You got to get the, apparently you have to get the like Comal or like the plancha, like what they use, like the big, like clay surface thing. Oh, that's, yeah. that's one of the yeah, just, super even heat across the whole thing. Like I have an induction burner and it's no. kind of hit or miss. Yeah. The cast iron, cast iron pan works well enough, but it's not, it's inconsistent. You should give enough time good. to get even. Yeah. It just takes a while to I get even. I also do like to undercook them just a tiny bit for a little bit, little of, chew. Like, a little bit of chew. So yeah. I don't always get the puff, but right. pretty good. All right, Misfits, we are going to break right now for a very special announcement. This is not a sponsorship thing. Do not hit fast forward. Misfit Athletics Quarterfinals Prep Camp is live now at misfit.camp. You can go get your tickets. Uh, We sold out last year and uh, we sold out a lot faster than we thought we were going to. So make sure that you get there and sign up. Quarterfinals Prep Camp is for anybody who is aspiring to compete at that level, competing at that level, or coaching an athlete that is aspiring to be at that level or compete at that level. Um, It is still a very community-focused event. So if you are wondering whether this camp for you, the answer is yes, as long as you want to be part of the Misfit Athletics community. And one of the best ways to experience that community is to show up a day early, March 3rd to 23.3 with the Misfit Gym Portland crew. And then camp will run full days, Saturday and Sunday, March 4th and March 5th. You can get signed up right now at misfit.camp. 
And if you guys uh, are listening to this topic and want to mitigate the amount of conflict you might have between those co- the competitor side, the affiliate side, like we talked about at the beginning, we have that pretty much all covered for you. You can head to teammisfit.com. Quam, Quam, yeah, Long Island accent. It was the breakfast sandwich talk. You know, the teammisfit.com or the Sugarwad Marketplace to sign up. You get daily warm ups. You get the either a lift, a conditioning, some days both, some days one, some days the other. But you will also always get that fifth day, that competitor extra for athletes who are looking to kind of boost their rankings, whether it's in the open quarterfinals or whatever. They just want a little bit of extra work in a structured way where the entire program works really well together. Again, that's teammisfit.com or the Sugarwad Marketplace. All right, back to the show. Well, that has been Breakfast Talk with Misfit Athletics. We will see you next week for... No, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, We got a good topic today. We are going to go over one of our most frequently asked questions. And what makes it unique is it's shot from 400 different directions. Um, And it's the idea of a competitive culture at the affiliate level or in an affiliate. And what I mean by shooting from different directions is we have an affiliate owner come to us and say, I want to follow your programming, but I don't want to essentially tell my, tell my affiliate members like, Hey, their programming's way better. The stuff you're doing is not so excellent. So I'm not going to do it. So how often should they be mixing in our programming with their programming? We get athletes who are following misfit athletics and that's kind of taboo with their affiliate. Um, so they either have to do it during open gym time or we do get contacted by people where they're like, should I switch affiliates? Like they don't want me doing this at all here. Um, so there's a lot of different scenarios here and I can sort of open in a statement by being biased and saying that like the final, not the final iteration, but the latest iteration of our affiliate programming is built to solve this problem. And we're, gonna, we're still going to talk about it from a bunch of different angles. I don't want you guys to think that this is just an advertisement for Team Misfit. But the reason we have ended at that place is because we've been through so many iterations of what this means within the walls of our gym. I think we're in a unique scenario because people come into our gym and they might be taking affiliate classes from a coach who coaches some of the fittest people in the entire world. So it's like why am I not following the exact same programming as them? How much extra stuff should I be doing? You know, can I do my one rep max power clean in the middle of the room while everybody else is, is doing class? Um, so just basically a, a quick explanation. We have our affiliate program um, and we're operating like any other affiliate just in terms of writing that program for a 60 minute class. So you might have strength and a Metcon. You might only have a Metcon, you might have a like a really like longer dedicated strength session that's got a good cool down and a good warm up sort of skill built into that. Um, and that is our main focus with our programming is to provide the best program that we possibly can to our members. And then we just so happen to sell it to everybody else. But then I think, I don't know, I, I like how it's built, but I think it probably is a byproduct of being Misfit Athletics HQ. There sure. is a there is a 90 minute class once per day where there is a competitor extra. And it's really important that if you're either going to subscribe to Team Misfit Programming or just recreate this for yourself at your affiliate, that it is built thoughtfully on top of what is already there within that hour class. So what would this program be missing if an athlete was trying to compete at the quarterfinals level? What what sort of stuff can go in there? What can fit? within that extra time. Um, I think it's way more realistic, even if a member is taking a class that's not 90 minutes long, but adding a piece into open gym or whatever, that you're not giving them like way more. It's not necessary. And I also think it's, you know, much more sort of unrealistic for them to accomplish. Um, so we basically have that once a day. And if an athlete can't do that, they will take class and then go into an open gym time and do that competitor extra. And it's taken us a long time to get to that place. But having that one hour class be the most important thing still at your affiliate and then thoughtfully building a competitor extra on top of that, that could be strength, could be bitch work, could be an interval, could be skill. You know, there's a lot of options. Yeah, the thing that jumps out <clears throat> to me as a really important feature, to regardless of the route you decide to take, is that I think 
this took us some time to, to get to this point, but you have to prioritize the experience that your members have in the hour, basically over every single other thing that could you know, potentially come across your desk. Put it in a it vacuum. Down. You want to make sure that, you know, and this is something we did very poorly for a long time, is that we wanted to kind of help everybody. So we kind of helped no one. And that include putting members on like an island and wondering like, why is so-and-so in the corner doing something else? Or, you know, why are my, why is my coach over there doing thrusters and, you know, toes the bar when we're all over here doing, you know, yeah. single unders and sit-ups. They want to know what that is. So I think the like North star for us early on was like, all right, let's just try to make sure the hour class and the experience those people have in one hour is the number one thing we're concerned with. And then we can kind of build the structure from there on down. Because if you try to do the opposite direction, I don't think you'll end up at the end being, hey, your members are having the best hour they could. You're going to try to you know, scratch a bunch of different itches, but you're going to end up scratching <laughs> no one's itch and your business is going to struggle because the thing that drives people back to your gym is the experience. And they're not going to necessarily remember what you, like, what you said to them, but how you made them feel. And when they feel like they're of the most importance in their hour, that brings them back to the door for class two, 10, 1000. Like that's to me, the North star when it comes time to like, all right, I'm getting ready to figure out what I want to do with my affiliate and how I'm going to make this all work. The number one concern has to be, what is the experience those people have inside their hour class? The other thing to consider is the fact that we, we have a, we have a pretty wide, like, like any affiliate, we have the, we have both extremes. I think a lot of people might envision Misfit Athletics HQ as just like a, like a Mecca of like extremely competitive athletes. And we have a lot of incredibly fit affiliate athletes but they are ultimately affiliate affiliate athletes some a lot of them do enjoy competing in the open and and want to compete in quarterfinals and some of them are like hey i want to see just how good i can be in quarterfinals so we have that end of the spectrum but we also have the 50 60 year old you know woman who's just who's just started moving for the first time in 20 years and we have the we also have the coaching ability to make sure that they're getting those two people in the same class are getting the same workout. And when we're writing the programming, the workouts are written. It is, it's very much a like, you know, write the workout for the best scale for the rest sort of thing. We, we obviously try to make it make workouts in such a way. There's a lot of workouts that we can write and be like, Hey, every single person in the gym can do this workout. Yep. It's just a matter of how how many how much work one person does versus the other, and there's a lot of nuance to that. But we definitely um, we 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 have to cater to to make sure that the athlete who can do sets of five ring muscle ups and you know 135 pound thrusters are still going to come into class and they're still going to get a killer workout. And then the you know the opposite end of the spectrum, the new beginner has is able to be appropriately scaled by one of our coaches, which we, which I think our, our coaching staff does a, a an exceptional job of. So it's, it, you know, the, that one hour, that one hour of fitness is for a, a really wide range of people. And it's proven to work pretty well too, based on just based objectively on the number of athletes we have who compete at the quarterfinals level um, and do reasonably well like yeah. a couple of the women are in the top 300 in north america doing affiliate class how many did we have last year do you remember i, I know 21. we did like yeah yeah and all 21 of those people follow the affiliate program and add the competitor extra in when they can sometimes yeah not yeah. not always the, the oh the yeah 90- a bunch of them don't do the competitor yeah. extra at all yep yeah. there's a there's the 90 minute and yeah a lot of them do and i think a lot of affiliates that you know we we tell we try to tell people when they sign up hey the this the the competitor extra is designed to be able to fit in the 90 minute class should you have it but we also recognize like i, I don't know how many gyms have a 90 minute class but yeah. it's certainly not many right um and it's more just like here's the extra training piece for the athlete who wants to you know dip their toe into the competitive realm or or push for quarterfinals or whatever their goal is but like you said it is structured in such a way that it's not like it's not just here's an extra piece at the end of the day it's like there is the structure to it like if it's a really long conditioning piece in class you can probably expect some some skill work or a lift as the extra you know we're not going to double down on the exact same stimulus in the same day and i think it's important to note that 
our, you know, our 90 minute classes at 3 p.m. every day, there are a lot of people in that class that just want to be at the gym because 3 p.m. is the most yeah, convenient exactly. time for them. And then you get into a scenario where an athlete can come in and do one out of three or two out of three. It's not mandatory at our gym. I think there was a connotation early on with what that class was supposed to be that has morphed into a much better scenario where it's like, this is not a special class for competitors. You know, you can come in and you might want to have this time of day or you like this training partner or whatever, but it is uh, having an exclusivity um, sort of feel to something like that, I think goes against the idea of the, you know, sort of best hour of the day thing. The other angle of this that you should probably answer or at least get started because it's your exact scenario. You are an affiliate owner at two different gyms and you typically only do affiliate class once a week. So a member comes up to you, let's say they have that they just are the type of athlete that knows that they want to have fun during quarterfinals. They come up to you and say, can you send me your programming? I don't understand. Like if your affiliate programming's good, then why aren't you following it? What is this other secret program that you're following? Can I have that? Like, how do you, how would you navigate that? How do you think about it? Like, you know, I'm setting you up in a certain scenario, but like, how, how do you work through that? Yeah. The, it's a difficult, difficult conversation because that is the initial reaction is like, what the fuck would I do this? If you do something else, why, right. why would I want to do that? Um, and one thing that's really important to me before I get into the topic is that I want to be involved with the community. I don't want everybody to feel like that. I do nothing. They do like, I want that to be part of who I am and how I represent, you know, our affiliate class and how I believe in the program. Um, but the conversation I always steer them is like, Hey, when you get to a certain point in your training, you're eventually going to determine like there are things that you def desperately and definitely need to work on if you have specific goals. Most of the athletes that come to our gym that are looking to have, like you said, a good time, maybe do quarterfinals and see how they do, are probably not as serious when it comes to their training as maybe the other people. They care maybe a little bit more than the average, like come through the door and just get their hour of fitness in but maybe don't have specific goals in mind shooting for something. So the first thing I would talk to that athlete, it's like, I have a very specific goal in mind. Do you have a goal in mind? And then I'd want to hear what they had to say about that. And then I'd explain to them that all that I am doing is a version of what you are doing, just tailored to my specific needs because I work with a coach one-on-one -on -one for this. Now, could I just take affiliate class and get a very similar response? Sure, but that might require me to modify things in the middle of, my, middle of the class that doesn't necessarily fit with the vibe and how things are going in the class. So my first conversation would be like, what would your goals be? And you can tell me why you want to achieve those things. And once I understand that, then I could have a separate conversation where like, hey, if you are really dead set on getting better at something and you have a goal in mind for quarterfinals, like that's when you can lean in to your coaching staff at your gym rather than changing the workout completely. Just ask the coach, like, how can I make this workout better for me so I can get a better training response so I can work on things? So like, this is a, a common question when we have a piece that might include, I don't know, let's just say yesterday's class workout, which was row 400 meters. And then you keep doing that through rotations until your team com completes like a 7K ski. And I was talking to different athletes about how they could approach that workout. And all that I was saying to them is like, hey, some of you really need to focus on your rowing. Like your rowing is the main thing that's gonna hold you back, let's say in quarterfinals. If you're not a competent rower, that's gonna be a big chink in your arm when it comes yeah. to the season. Or you might have somewhere where it's like, you know what, I know the rowing's in the bag and you really don't like skiing. So I want you to be a little bit more cautious here so you can get a really good stimulus there. So the conversation can spider web out into many different angles. But at the end of the day, I would just ask that athlete, you know, what are you trying to achieve? And are you achieve? And when you have that kind of like a North star for where you want to go, have you looked at the programming in advance enough to understand how things are going to be approached? Because this is a pretty common, common conversation. I have with athletes, they ask me like, Hey, what's coming up in the next couple of days or like what's tomorrow's competitor extra. And that can help. And that can help steer them in the direction of like, Hey, this is how you want to think about your training or this is how you want to think about your training. So there's no one like simple answer for that, but it's really what I would want to do is go back to the athlete and talk to them more about like, what are you trying to achieve here? And a lot of people are just like, I want to be healthy and fun. And that's, you know, take affiliate class, have fun with it, you know, blow off some steam, lift some heavy weights, have, you know, share some high fives and then come back tomorrow. Whereas if you're trying to be in the more competitive element, that's when a second conversation is warranted. And, you know, you'll pull athletes aside and have conversations with them about, Hey, here's what I think you need to be working on over the next season. Here's what you need to work on in this phase or this, this training piece. There's a lot of steps that occur between, between what you were doing, what you're doing now. And I mean, 
this is just recent, right? Like yeah. previously you were taking affiliate classes yes. as often as you could multiple yeah. times a week. And now it's like, hey, I'm, I, I have a, like you said, I have a specific goal in mind, but you have also met a lot of the, all of the prerequisites to be following a program catered specifically to your goals. And I think that's, that's an important conversation point. And honestly, that is more, that's more about the coach being able to identify and communicate to the athlete what they believe they need to work on rather than just what's the program that I need to follow to do this. Cause it, that, that's, that's never, that, that is never, it's never a conversation of just like, oh yeah, you should do this program. It's, what are your goals? It's like, okay, you want to get better at this. Have we checked all of the other boxes that are necessary for you to merit additional work or something like that outside of the affiliate class? And more often than not, it's like, yeah, I, I you know, I work a full-time job. Uh, let's, let's, let's assume they work a full-time, they're a normal, yeah. you know, kind of a normal member, but it's like, how's the sleep? How's your nutrition? All like those sorts of just baseline questions. And it's all, it's just like, you have to get those dialed in first. I'm not going to give you additional, I'm not going to give you additional training, whether it's a recommendation to do the competitor extra, or maybe even something a little bit more personalized for your very specific goal until those other factors have yeah. been put into place until you are able to hammer the affiliate class workout until you have a, at least somewhat of an understanding of how to approach workout, like kind of the athlete IQ yeah. at the affiliate level, um, which is something we teach. We, we work with athletes on at, you know, at the affiliate level, but, um, the, there are a lot of conversations that have to be had before, uh, someone jumps to, you know, the conclusion of, I need to do this extra stuff. The common thread between what you two said, and I think of it's, it's funny to think about it from from your two two perspectives because I know you two individually talking to the same athlete is going to be different, like vibe to the conversation. But uh, you're both <laughs> putting it back on the athlete, and if worded properly, and if it's the right demeanor, you're essentially saying, "Let's not get bogged down in what the specific program is. Let's talk about you specifically. You're a unique human being. For you sure. have the job and you have the stuff happening outside and you want to be able to see your friends and you want this to be social and like providing all of these things that say, this is you. Let's talk about you specifically. And like, if you would like me to give you a few points of my own personal situation, I can just to give you context for this. But instead of being like, this program is better than this program and this program is for whatever, it's very much like, let's just, let's talk about you. You, you obviously care about this. What would you like to accomplish? And that's why this is happening. Now you have an out in a lot of scenarios. Cause you're like, uh, we wrote this to be the best program that we possibly can mm. for you. And then this one was written to be the best program possibly for me. The only issue I think that could come up is, uh, they're following, you know, a lot of times a, a gym might be following another affiliate program and then an owner or coach is following another brand. So it could just be this idea of this methodology. If you really think that's better, how is this going to happen? And as a CrossFit coach, you don't necessarily get to go in and choose what program your affiliate follows. It could be the head coach deciding. It could be an affiliate owner. So there is a decent amount of nuance, but I really like that you both went to a place of Let's talk about you. I like to steer the conversation again in that direction of like, it matters more on how you're doing it and why you're doing than what you're doing. That's usually the conversation I have with someone. It's like, it, it's all well and good to think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but like nothing really matters. Like the plan doesn't matter unless you execute on the plan the way it's supposed to be done. So like that is usually where the conversation goes before we talk about the ins nuts and bolts of like what I'm doing versus what they're doing or like, should they be following this or following that? You have to tell me why you want to do that and going back to you. And then we start having a conversation. I'm like, Hey, I watch you in class. I coach you often. I know exactly how you approach workouts. I see it often. And you know, every once in a while or a good, you know, some of the time an athlete needs specific direction with like, Hey, you need to do more thrusters. You're just terrible at thrusters or, Hey, you need to be sitting on a rower more. You're not very good at you know rowing. But for a lot of athletes, it's, you know, potentially 
playing up their strengths and backing off their weaknesses. And like, as the coach, we're like, Hey, that's the reason why you're still in the rut you're in is that you tend to rest on your laurels when you're good at something. And you kind of just play it safe on the things that you're not good at. And we want to try to reverse those roles. So like how you're approaching your day-to-day training needs to change. If you want to make the strides that you want to have, you know, if you're an athlete that always likes singles, I'm going to ask you to go touch and go in class. If you're an athlete that always, you know, holds 200 Watts in a saw bike. Cause you know, you can do the muscle ups and the power cleans afterwards. I'm going to tell you, I don't give a shit about your muscle ups and power cleans. I want you to pay attention to the bike. So, you know, kind of redirecting the conversation or at least giving athletes, honestly, on a day-to-day basis, Hey, I know you have this goal. Here's how you want to approach this workout. So that in six months from now, we're having a conversation about, all right, how do we keep getting better? Not I'm in the same place I was six months ago. And how come that's the case? Yeah. Changing your program without a change in the way that you execute it makes changing the program completely irrelevant. We could, you could start program it. You could write, get a, get a program from a different, a different programming company. And if the athlete is still just like, okay, like 95 pound thrusters and I do my burpees and we don't think we're not thinking about it or getting some sort of personalized coaching element to it for something to focus on or some sort of scaling, you know, option, it doesn't fucking matter. And at the affiliate level, if you're, if you regard from like from beginner through like open and even quarterfinals, almost like kind of like budding quarterfinals level athlete, like you need GPP and you need intensity. And that's, that's basically it. And we can, we tweak everything else. We can get, get you a little bit smarter about how to attack workouts to maximize those things. But at the end of the day, like until, until you have established a large enough or a long enough training age and have the breadth kind of breadth and depth of movement proficiency and, and, and all of these things, like there isn't, there's not going to be that special program that works for you. It's about executing the program correctly and having hopefully a coach or some someone able to uh to to steer you in the right direction and with that one thing i don't want to come off as is like yeah like sort of like you have to earn the right to do it, it sounds kind of elitist and that can kind of push someone in the wrong direction like oh fuck this place i'm not gonna yeah. go there they're all like you gotta earn this type of stuff but like what we're sort of alluding to is kind of earning it like we want an athlete to demonstrate that they can go really hard in a workout and they're coming consistently before we need to worry about all the other things and i think that's something that you know i think you have a, do a good job of with the uh, athletes at our gym is you'll have a conversation and it's like hey like I, I know you want to do more. Or you like exercising more and that's awesome, but like, let's dial it back and let's really focus on what's in front of you for today. And let's not worry about piece number three before we start piece number one. Let's do piece number one really, really well. See what we can learn from it. And then if we're still feeling good after that, then maybe we take on piece number two. And the same kind of thing goes along both from day to day perspective and a week to week perspective. Cause they're going to be athletes that come to your gym or just dead set every single day and all doing all three things. And it's like, Hey, you'd be better off. You just did like one or two things. And then you did the thing that we and you and I talked about, which is like, Hey, maybe you should go over the, in the corner and stretch. So your, your thoracic spine, you know, you can put your arms over your head because that's the reason why you're not able to do stuff. So I think you want to frame the conversation, like what you're saying here as you're sort of earning it, but you have to be very deliberate with how you deliver that message. Otherwise it can be very off putting and create fracture in the community, which you don't want. Yeah. You don't lay the whole plan out in front of them and say, you have not done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. You say, Hey, the next step to get you to yeah. where you want to go is step one. And like, we'll talk after. And I mean, you get, I don't think you're going to have an affiliate that's going to have zero coaches on the staff where you could go to them and say, is it okay if I bug you about my workout strategy. Like, I know that you know who I am as an athlete. Can you just let me know, like, if I'm, you know, not scaling this properly or like, oh, you love rowing and you hate thrusters. So you crush the row and then you stand around for six hours on the thrusters. Like, can you just like, let me know those things is a pretty good chance that you're going to have at least one, if not all of the coaches on your staff that are passionate enough that they want to talk shop. They prefer to be able to have these conversations with their members. I mean, something that you and I talk about too, is that sometimes you have a hard conversation with an athlete and you have to say to them like, Hey, you don't need to be worrying about the muscle ups and the extra piece. Just yesterday that we need to make sure we refine the way you're doing your, your strict pull up or, you know, we sometimes come off as maybe like killing some of the fun in class because we want athletes to focus on something that maybe they don't like to do all that much. But like, 
if, it's a, if a coach can communicate to an athlete, the stuff that they don't like to do is where the you know most growth can occur. And we can kind of lay it out in a path that sounds like, hey, here's a challenge in front of you. And like, hopefully you embrace that challenge because it's going to get you closer to your goals. I think that's a really nice way to try to frame that. Like, hey, you got to conquer this mountain before you worry about Everest. It's like, you're going to conquer a hill and conquer a hill and conquer a hill. And over time, you develop all the the 10 steps that we need to get there, but you do it in a way that's, you know, digestible. It's not like, hey, you're like 400 miles from that mountain. Like, start now. Like, here, here, get over this hill first and go over this slightly larger hill next. And the next hill is a little bit larger than the last one. And like, that's how you kind of, you know, put the breadcrumbs on the trail to get someone to do the things you want them to do in a way that's encouraging as opposed to yeah. discouraging. Yeah. The quarterfinals prep camp last year also march 4th and 5th misfit athletics quarterfinals prep camp third fourth fifth third fourth fifth yes you can come on the third and do 23.3 year is it what year is it yeah <laughs> um but one of the questions that we got last year at quarterfinals prep camp um was sort of this concept of i follow misfit athletics programming um, I'm on an island at my affiliate. I'm the only one there that does it. I get these fucking looks from people and I don't understand why they don't you know, want to join in on my programming. This person also, I believe, coached at the affiliate that they were at. So again, there was a bit of that like dichotomy, like how am I supposed to deal with the fact that I may or may not wholeheartedly believe in what this plan is here. Um, so there was sort of a lot to it. And one of the things that we really tried to get this person to wrap their mind around was just a perspective shift of like, if you want a community to exist at your gym and it doesn't, it won't appear out of thin air. You cannot snap your fingers and have the, you know, whatever misfit athletics club that meets at X time that that's not going to happen if it's, you know, sort of the everyone's in a different corner of the gym pointing at each other. Like you have to go out of your way to build something like that. Now we've gone out of our way to build an online community and that can be extremely helpful to have those online training partners, but training alone, 100% of the time can be very challenging, especially depending on what your personality type is, what sort of environments you thrive in. Um, so I want to end the podcast with just, you know, any sort of anecdotes or tips for that scenario, because there are a lot of people that follow our programming that you can tell just from their Instagram videos, that's an empty gym and they're squatting and they're doing legless rope climbs and they're, you know, in the heat of the moment on a real nasty bitch work piece and they're alone. Yeah. I think it, it's a, honestly, it's kind of a question of priority is the priority, the affiliate or is the priority your personal training? Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the culture that we've cr- we've tried to create and obviously we have a we have the benefit of being the writers and creators of misfit athletics and it's misfit gym portland like right. one we're never we're not going to follow another company's program um and you know it's also like hey we with the coaches the coaches who write the program are able to communicate the nuances of that program yeah. to the athletes better than you know, should be better than any other affiliate out there, even if you are following the program and have a, an extremely competent group of coaches. Um, and it's, it's, so if the priority is the community development, there is the question of like, what are, you know, is following a different program driving that apart or is it bringing it or are you helping bring it together? And is it, is it like, Hey, I'm doing these extra training pieces. I'd love for you guys. If, if, you know, if, if Bob, Jen and Tim are interested in in competing in quarterfinals. You know, we in, I invite them to come train with me. Uh, yeah. You know, once a once a week or you know on, on a Saturday or something. I can open up the gym outside of class hours to to give those people a little bit of you know what what we want. And then, um, man, if you if you, if you're just fall if you're following a program that you don't believe in. It's just I feel like that's a con- that's an that's an upward conversation, right? That's a hey, why are we following this program? I think this one would be better for our affiliate for reason X, Y, and Z. Um, and just being willing to have that have that conversation. But the fir- I think the the community building side of things is like, hey, like you guys want to? I know so and so are doing want to do extra stuff. You've asked me about what I'm doing. Come work out with me on Saturday. We'll do it after class. So we're you know we're out of folks' way. We're not gonna. Not going to create this super yep. special club. Everybody's invited if you want to. Right. Um, this is what we got lined up. That sort of thing. I I don't think there. I don't see anything wrong with that. Assuming it's 
you know, kind of outside the bounds of the affiliate. It's funny. You're literally describing my Saturday morning. So like I try to take affiliate class on Friday and then Saturday, the weekends tend to be a little bit more free in terms of time. So, you know, typically what I do is ahead of our free Saturday classes, I'll get to the gym around seven o'clock. Typically I have a PT client and then I have a nice window from seven 30 to nine where I can do basically whatever I want, which typically includes my own training. One thing I try to make a point of is posting the night before on Facebook in our members group and saying, Hey, Jim's going to be open at seven 30. Love for anyone to come join. And some people take me up on it and work out with me. And some people come in and do their own thing. But the idea here is you're giving people the access and opportunity to come join you. And you know, most people when asked will join need to ask them. And that's the part step that people are like, I hope I just like stare at them across the gym and I really make eye contact. Maybe they'll want to come do my thrusters with me. And it doesn't fucking work. Go over and ask them, ask them to come do this. And then, you know, if you're going to do that and you know, maybe you're a competitor and they're someone six weeks out of beginner's class, you're not like sick, enjoy the 185 thrusters. No, (laughs) you help them find their version of 185 and you give them a version that helps you push because that's one of the reasons why you might want people to come join you so you can get a push, but also you give them a workout and you, you know, you guys trade back and forth side by side and it ends up being a pretty close race because as the competitor and someone who really understands like stimulus and feel and having hopefully maybe watch this person, you have a good idea of like what they can and can do. And you try to give them a version that maybe can beat you and then you're pushed and then they're pushed because they're like, maybe I'm using less weight. So I have no reason to put this bar down. So I, th- I think going out of your way to ask people to come join you and then, you know, dabbing them up afterwards and saying, that was fun. Thanks for joining me. And like, let's do it next week is a really strong way to, to tie the community together and make it. So it's not like people are in the corner doing their own things. This is not going on when another class is going on. This is going on during an open gym period. And that can kind of create a slightly tighter group because, you know, people are invited and there's no like re- requirement. It's not like, Oh, you've got to come in the top 200 in the open for you to come be enjoy- invited to this. And if you did it right in your example, where you're, you know, you, you extend that invite, you get people, and then you can also offer to help them, you know, like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I think this would be most appropriate for you. This is why and you provide a little bit of that coat that like that kind of after hours coaching, you get people to start thinking about those sorts of things when they go to take regular affiliate class. We've got like it always like it seems like every day there's someone there's a new person who comes in 15 minutes before at the gym and are sitting on a C2 bike doing some form of like a sweat check and doing the same thing afterward. And they're the they're the same people who have those little conversations or are kind of listening into the conversation when a coach is talking to another athlete and then they take the initiative and then they start applying that to their affiliate class workout and they start seeing, you know, seeing improvements. So there's a there's a way to facilitate you know, an athlete being able to improve when they are taking that one hour class rather than maybe doing that little fun Saturday session with you. Yeah. I don't want to simplify it too much, but it sounds to me like there are two scenarios. You have the athlete who is so dead serious about their goals and their training that they're going to make it happen and make it work in any sort of environment and scenario. And then the other side is, you know, it could be a very similar athlete, just as serious about their training, but they know themselves well enough to know that they don't like being on an island, that they perform better within a community. And that's just, uh, you know, sort of accepting responsibility, control your own destiny, like go find those people, um, like straight into final thoughts that this episode so much was about how to communicate with other people and sort of see where they're coming from. And like, if you're trying to help them, then, then just do, do that. Go ahead and help them. Don't project your own stuff onto them. And if you want them to join you, like honey works better than vinegar, right? Like swapping your Metcon for their Metcon. And then, you know, next week, do the next week you do the opposite and, oh no, there's, you know, 19 Metcons this week and only one of them or one of them was not what I was supposed to be doing. Now I'm not going to qualify for the games <laughs> until 2036. Like it's not quite that serious. So being track. able to, whether you're a coach, whether you're looking for training partners, whether you're an affiliate owner, um, when you communicate with other people, remove yourself from it a little bit more, I think and try to communicate with people about their own situation and their own scenario, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be able to to level with them because 
people like to hear about themselves a yeah, lot my, more than, than they want to hear about you. My final thoughts, I'll have one for the athlete and one for the, like the gym owner or the coach or the you know, person that owns the gym. The athlete first, if you're in a situation where you don't feel supported or you feel like you are getting the alienated like stare, like what the hell is that person doing? And you haven't tried at first to go out and try to mitigate that problem, having a conversation with the affiliate owner or the coach and making sure you're not creating waves. Like don't be surprised if that relationship doesn't get repaired. Like step one for you would be asking permission, not assuming you have the right to do whatever you want. And this is honestly a funny conversation because I coach remote athletes and a lot of them work out in the middle of the day and sometimes they butt heads with their affiliate owners and they're always like, can you believe this happens? And I'm always like, have you talked to your affiliate owner? Have you had a conversation about that to make sure this works well? And if it doesn't work well, then maybe you explore other options for you, but start by trying to repair the relationship versus being like, oh, this person just fucking hates me because I do whatever I want in the corner. That is a really bad mindset to have. So try it first, being the bigger person and going out of your way to go talk to that person that may be giving you that look or maybe it doesn't appreciate the fact that you're doing your power clean and you know either before their class or during their class. You need to respect the boundaries of the class because again, at the end of the day, you don't own the gym and you want to have a nice facility that you can train at and things are always going to be better for you if there's less stress and if you can mitigate that stress with a conversation, it's worth having. And then second for the affiliate owner, just decide your, your North star, figure out what it is, what's important to you. You know, if you have desire to have competitors, then maybe you have to figure out a better solution to you. Maybe it's a, Hey, open your gym hours from these to this to this. And that's, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays and the other days of the week, it's a class because that works well for your community, but basically decide for yourself what's important to you and what you're trying to prioritize. Um, my only bit of advice is that you might want to prioritize your day-to-day, you know, guys that pay their bills, not the competitors. Piggyback, leapfrog, Ollie 360 off of what Sherb just said. Uh, people love to play communication chicken. Um, your friend that hasn't contacted you in a while is a bad friend because they haven't contacted you in a while. And they think you're a bad friend because you haven't contacted them in a while. And you're both waiting for them to, to do that. And we see it in the CrossFit community. You'll hear an athlete say that they don't like another athlete. And then they get an opportunity to meet them and they become like best friends. And it's a hilarious like anecdote that's put into it. So... Um, at the, at the baseline level, do not assume that they're ignoring you or that they don't like you because they might think the exact same thing about you. And if you want to be an adult about it, um, hello, my name is Shreb. It's nice to meet you. I also love 2115, 2115.9s mm-hmm. and open face breakfast sandwiches. Okay. Uh, I think my my messaging is from is for, for a coach. I guess it's for both the coach and the athlete. If you are If you're the athlete and you're doing some additional stuff there needs to be there needs to be the implication that you know enough about what you're doing that you could theoretically educate somebody else on the topic and similarly if you are a coach or an owner doing a program that differs from your affiliate program you better damn well be competent enough to communicate how to get an athlete the results that they want by following the program that they're that they are you know that their affiliate is following and communicating exactly why it is that you're not doing that if you actually believe that you know for them this is the best avenue for their for their progress so um i think it's a it has there there has to be a level of knowledge about what the athlete that is approaching you or is is trying to basically what that athlete's goal is and then how you can utilize basically the you know, whether whatever your whatever program the gym is following or whatever your experience is following a different program to point that athlete in the right direction without causing some degree of separation or alienation. True. We do it. We did it. Done. All right, ladies and gents, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Misfit Podcast. And thank you to our show sponsors. Ted, side note, do I have permission to tell them where to go to sign up for camp? All right. Make sure that you head to misfit.camp, Misfit Quarterfinals Prep Camp, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. On the 3rd, you can come do 23.3 with the Misfit Gym Portland crew. And camp will be a great Christmas gift. Fourth and and holy shit, great Christmas gift. Not just because it's a great Christmas gift, but also it's online. You don't have to wait for delivery. Baby, no delivery. You go in, you buy that bad boy, you add a ticket for yourself, your grandmother, your aunt, your cousin, get six or seven tickets in there. Good to go. Misfit.camp, Misfit Athletics quarterfinals prep camp, properfuel.co, use the code word misfit, sharpentheaxeco.com, use your favorite athlete code to support them. We'll see you next week.